Right, hello and welcome to Turbo Tabletop Episode 2. This time, I am joined by a Mystic League member, Isaac. Hi. So, I talked about you in the last episode, and you are the Black Legion player. I think I bigged you up. Oh, a little too much, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but as it stands, I think you are uh, proving me correct. Um, but... Why don't you start with like the what faction are you playing? So you are Black uh, Legion. Yes, I'm playing the Black Legion, who are one of the the Chaos Space Marine factions. Um, arguably, the the main Chaos Space Marine faction. I know that uh, last last episode you mentioned the the Death Guard, who are one of the the old legions. But the Black Legion are are very much the um, main antagonist. I think in the 40k universe, they're led by uh, Abaddon the Despoiler. Um, who at the moment is, uh, I would say, the, the single best melee character in the game. Um, but their, their kind of whole their whole thing is that they, as Space Marines, fought and bled for the galaxy, um, only for it to be taken away from them and given to the kind of bureaucrats and politicians. And Abaddon believes in kind of forming a, a legion of brothers who can retake the galaxy for themselves and replace the Emperor of Mankind. And that's kind of his long-term goals, whether or not he achieves that, um, or whether or not that is still his driving motivation with the influence of the Chaos Gods, I suppose is debatable. Yeah, he likes to think that he isn't being controlled by the Chaos Gods, but I, you could probably argue that he very much is. Yeah, so unlike um, a lot of the other champions, Abaddon hasn't made deals, so he is given boons by the gods to try and tempt him but he hasn't made pacts with individual demons or gods. His strength comes from... So Korn wants him, Nurgle wants him, Slanesh, Zeench, they all want him. And in order to, um, to to try and tempt him to fight for them alone, they give him more and more power, and he kind of plays them off against each other in order to, to gain greater standing. But with Belakor, um, who was the, the first demon prince who all four gods put their power into previously, they've kind of learned that they can't give too much power to a mortal man um, but at the same time, Abaddon doesn't want to become a demon prince and it wouldn't be practical for the gods to make him a demon prince because then he would lose his foothold in the mortal realm um, and become a much less useful tool for them to use. Yeah, because all the, all the other like demon primarchs, like the first ones that fouled chaos and accepted those specific boons, they don't, they don't care anymore. They're, they're off doing their own little thing. Like, what... What are they all doing? I think we were talking about this in the their day. WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they're all kind of you know, Angron's just up for a scrap. Um, Magnus is often kind of the pursuit of knowledge and kind of further power. Mortarian's very kind of self-loathing. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mor- Abaddon is just angry. <laughs> yeah, but at least Abaddon is still he's still around and, and still. Yeah. But um, on the tabletop, though, he like you said, he kills everything. Yeah. What can't he kill? Um, he so Mortarian, who you mentioned on the, the last episode, the, the Nurgle um, Primarch, is a tough matchup for Abaddon because he's got that feel no pain save, which and the damage reduction, which makes him a little more durable. Um, and because he can do damage in three phases, he's got a pistol. I think the Lantern is. Yes. Yeah. So he, he can shoot into melee. He can psychic into melee. So Mortarian poses a big threat. I went to um, a tournament uh, a couple of weeks ago um, where Abaddon did one round Mortarian which was quite an impressive feat, but I had turned off his invulnerable save with the Death Hex Psychic Power to kind of level the playing field a little bit. Yeah. Um, the Nightbringer, 
um, is a really horrifying matchup for Abaddon because it has the same... Abaddon can only lose three wounds per phase, which makes him so durable, that and the, the, the marks of chaos that he has. But um, the Nightbringer can only lose three wounds per phase, but also ignores the three, fa- uh, three wounds per phase cap. So it's able to kill him in a single round, but he can't kill it in a single round. So the Nightbringer is arguably the worst matchup for Abaddon. Yeah, I, I remember you complaining about that a bit. <laughs> It does seem a bit weird to have a phase, um, like a wound cap, and then ignore it at the same time. The balance does yeah. seem a bit off. I think that's what sat uncomfortably with me. You know, the, I'm a big fan of Hero Hammer. I think that these centerpiece models should really be dictating uh, the, the, the state of the game. And I think that what frustrated me as a Dark Angels player, because I also play Dark Angels, was I wasn't really taking Belial. Um, who is an awesome character, you know, law-wise. He's the first captain of the Dark Angels. He's one of the greatest swordsmen in the Imperium. But you don't take him because he's about, he was about 140 points, I think, at the time. And for 125 points, I could make a chaplain. Uh, and I don't know if you remember my interrogator chaplain. Yeah. He killed everything that hit him. You know, he had 10 attacks on the charge, wounding on twos. He was a really impressive model. But he wasn't a named character. And I, I think that they, they should be... Um, significantly better in a lot of cases than they are. Yeah, do you reckon we'll see a change uh, when the new edition comes supposedly later this year? I would really hope so. I think we've seen a bit of a swing. So Abaddon, I think, was one of the first big ones. Um, You know, he was a real standout. A lot of people had a lot of issues with him when he came out because of the damage output that he does have, um, which they've, I think, tried to address with the points increase, um, which I wasn't a fan of for various (laughs) reasons. but uh, we've then, you know, Angron is, Angron's a brute. Um, I, I think Abaddon will still kill Angron nine times out of ten um, because Abaddon has that phase cap and Angron doesn't. Yeah. I think the phase cap plays a much bigger role in the game and I think that the, the Primarch models, Mortarion, Magnus, Gilliman uh, and Angron and the Lion, hopefully, I think we'll see in a couple of, couple of months, um, they need that phase cap because... When we played recently, I killed Mortarion in the first turn. Yeah. And that shouldn't happen. It, it shouldn't happen. And especially with Mortarion and um, Magnus, they're just too big. Yeah. They can be shot from anywhere and everywhere. It's impossible to hide them. It, you need a very specific piece of terrain, and you have to convince your opponent that it's like, you can't see him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or you have to sign up, and I, can't, I think it's either ITC... Rules where uh, three-story buildings, all of the windows are closed, so yeah. you can hide those bigger models with kind of true line of sight. So even though they they can't hide behind obscuring terrain, they can hide if you can't physically see them. And that that is, I suppose, a fair bit of game balance. But then the obscuring rule is ignored by those models to provide that game balance. So you can't hide anger on turn one and then spring out and slaughter half an army. Yeah, it, yeah. The terrain rules are a bit. Sometimes are a bit weird. Yeah. Because I, I like if you can't physically see it, then that makes sense that you can't shoot it. But yeah, to have him stood behind like a two-story building and say, "Oh no, you can't see him," then that that's, yeah. that doesn't work. When I found that obscuring was just kind of an invisible wall that goes from table to you know space, essentially yeah. infinitely high. I remember thinking, "But if I've got a chaos knight who is twice the size of the building, yeah, and he can't see the squad of space marines on the other side of the board." Because that five five point one inch building is in front of him, that just felt really silly to me. Yeah. Um, so I think that the terrain is a really interesting part of the game, and I think 
we certainly as a community at Mystic have started to understand more the significance of terrain, particularly with the Thousand Suns player, um, Steve, who, who's yeah. a big terrain expert. Um, it is really important to have a well-placed board. Yeah, and a very like busy board. You, you need the places to hide. Yeah. You still want to create those like uh, firing lines, and like, if you mismaneuver... You're screwed. Right, you're, yeah. Like, you're going to be shot from a very, very particular angle. Um, but if you move correctly... Because I, I think so much of the game does come down to movement. Um, and, and the deployment. If you deploy wrong and go second, <laughs> again, that's, it may as well be game over. I really struggle with deployment. Um, I don't think I've ever set a board up and gone... Yeah, I'm really happy with that. That feels like a good thing to do. Um, and I often forget how far, and I'm getting better at it, um, how far my opponent's things can move and, <laughs> uh, and how far I can move. Um, so I've kind of just got to the point now where I just go, first thing that goes down, Abaddon goes down near the middle objective. The next thing that goes down are the 10 Terminators and the Master of Possession. And my midboard brick just goes down straight away because yeah. there's, there's no point in mincing around. Like everyone knows where it's going. Um, and I'm not hiding anything by saying, oh, that I'm going to leave a big gap in the middle of the board and see what goes down next. It's Yeah. yeah. I, to be fair, like with my current Blood Angel list, where I've got the, the two tanks and the two dreadnoughts, mm. I've got... I pair them up, so I've got a tank and a right. dread on one side of the table and then on the opposite, and my like sanguinary guard and all the characters are in the middle. Because, again, that's where they're going to get most effectiveness and for some of the secondaries that I'm choosing it's like if it's warp ritual or over some moment they you want to be in the middle yeah, anyway, yeah. so and I, I take warp ritual quite a lot I'm I've got a uh, terminate sorcerer on my list whose sole function is psychic secondaries <laughs> yeah. um, and my army is really built for midboard brawling I struggle with six objective games because with especially with the points increases to chaos I just haven't got the unit count to contest, to hold three and to push a fourth. Yeah. Um, whereas with three, you know, the Terminator's gone to one, I've got my Possessed, which can take a second, and then you've got your home objective, which is often safe, and with the, the uh, advance and charge options that Chaos can kind of get access to, Abaddon has often got the maneuverability to, to circle anywhere on the board um, within reason. That Whereas with the, the lack of centerboard objective, I often find... Abaddon and the Terminators go one way and everything in your opponent's army goes to the other side of the table and you, you've got nothing to kill. And I've suddenly got 700. I mean, I think now it's about 800 points of... That's a lot just doing nothing. You can't get across the board. Yeah. Um, and that, that makes play quite difficult. And uh, the, the tournament games that I, I didn't do so well in, it was just that the, the murder ball got stuck in one half of the board and just couldn't. Um, and the Custodes player did a lot. He restricted piling and consolidation, which really meant that I couldn't take advantage um, of the 10 in the unit. I was only yeah. fighting with two or three, which meant that the Custodes were really durable, weren't going down. In hindsight, I should have spent TCP, fell back and charged and got them all in and just mopped it up. But um, it was a, we didn't have a lot of time. He spent, as you say, the movement part's really important, and he spent probably a good two-thirds of the whole playtime in his movement phase. And I was having to rush my turns quite a lot to, to catch up with play. So I think 
that that made that I wasn't maybe upon reflection there were a lot of choices I could have made that would have made the army a little more manoeuvrable that I often don't think about. Yeah, I mean, well, it's movement phase is is important, but I don't think that's where you should spend most of your time. Yeah. Sometimes you just physically have more models to move, and that does eat up a lot of time. But Custos don't. Custos <laughs> don't, no. Um, orcs, yeah, yeah when yeah. you're moving 20 boys. But, yeah, some, sometimes just making those decisions where to move can... can. But if, it, if it's taken so much time that you then have to rush your game... Or your turns. That, I don't think that's on. No, and it's difficult in the the tournament setup because you you really should kind of be saying, "Come on, this I want to get the tournament organizer across." And I, I did speak to him quite a few times and said, "Look, we're going to need to hurry up. You've just finished your first movement. The guys on the tables next to us are on turn two already." Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I don't think I would have won the game. Um, he beat me about ninety five points to you know fifty six or something. It was. It was quite a sound loss, but up until kind of the third turn, we were level peggings points-wise. Sure. And it was just things like I didn't really play my Terminators correctly um, because things were being rushed. There was a bit of sort of faff about where his jet bikes actually were because he hadn't come around the table to move them and things like that to save time. So I don't think I would have won, um, but I think I could have closed the gap by maybe 10, 15 points or something. And yeah, because it wasn't that game for third. Um, yeah, if, I, if I'd won, I probably would have come third. Because yeah. um, we were on, yeah, we were on the third place table. He came third. Um, and it was I, I ended up dropping to 12th. But I was quite pleased with it. It's my best tournament run to date. Usually I win, lose the first one, win the second one, lose the third one. That's usually my my kind of, uh, the way I, I've bounced around. Um, but that, the Oxford Onslaught... Um, which was a really great tournament uh, run by the, the Didcot Wargaming Club. Um, I managed to go three for five, which I was really pleased with because that That's was kind of my, my tournament aim, um, was, was to do that. Uh, and it was the armies I got beat by were Grey Knights and Custodes, and it was just the maneuverability that my army lacked. The Grey Knights literally teleported off the half of the table I was on. I they, always forget they do that. Yeah, it sucks, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and they have this ridiculous secondary where if they a unit teleports and then kills something, they get five victory points. Wow. So, Which they are going to do. Well, especially when you've got two units of cultists. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just, yeah, left out, unprotected. Not even that. You, you, you've kind of protected them, they're hidden, but then you, you... I just haven't got the model count to screen yeah. really well. So, you know, a dreadnought teleports into your deployment zone and pick, they can see like, one cultist <laughs> and zip the whole squad's gone and you're like, oh, right, yeah. like... Um, and again, I think that was uh, it was like ninety points to sixty-seven or something. So it was a, a sound beating. It wasn't, yeah. but uh, little things like that. I was just I just hadn't, and that's not knowing because um, when you play in quite a small kind of meta, I suppose as we do here, you end up knowing the armies you play quite well. Yeah, but and not. Yeah, that's it. I think as a community, we know what Blood Angels quite well. Yeah, Black Legion. Death Guard, yeah, um, and a couple of other Necrons. Necrons well, we yeah. ran that poll, didn't we, to see who um, what the most played faction was, and it was Necrons, and then Death Guard yeah. in the second, yeah. and then everyone on Space Marines. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's. I'm trying to get more tournament play, and I was hoping to go to one uh, on Saturday, but then I, I didn't apply soon enough, and then 
spaces filled up. So I'm on sure. a waiting list. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> Someone pulls out. Well, four or five people need to pull out <laughs> before I get to go. Oh, okay. So if there's a small small COVID outbreak, I might manage to get <laughs> I might manage to get a tournament space. But I think playing more tournaments um, will really help. And I think that's what's really exciting about the league because for quite a long time here we played, thanks to your effort particularly, and this is before you worked for Mystic Games, of the, the narrative side, we played a lot of Crusade. Yeah. And that was really fun. That was good fun. And yeah, pushing the kind of narrative and uh, Crusade, I love that. I, I, I kind of want to go back to it. But it's being able to take your units on a journey and they level up and get better and some of them get just outrageously good oh they're stupid but your your chaplain i he was i played um sergio sergio who's a a really good player Mm. um with my dark angels and by the end of the first turn uh, by the end of my first turn i had an interrogated chaplain and I want to say, I think it was a 10-man Terminator squad left, which is still quite a lot of points. Yeah. Um, and it was, you had to get off into the deployment, you had to walk off the board into deployment zones. And I walked my Terminator squad off the board. Well, I, I walked them into his deployment and they sat there and just kept firing their Cyclone missiles at the tanks. And because a lot of his list was flying, it took two turns for it to get off the board. Hmm. And my interrogator chaplain reaped the back line <laughs> he killed I think some six or seven units by himself wow and I ended up winning the game because basically two units tabled an entire army by themselves and that was I think a bit of an eye opener I switched to my chaos shortly after that because in, in crusade um, you can end up with silly silly armies I mean the, especially the space marines they shall know no fear you get like X amount of XP every time you don't fail a morale test. Yeah. Deathwing can't fail morale. They automatically pass morale. So after a handful of games, your Deathwing Terminators were just silly levels. Um, they were hitting on twos, they were rerolling ones. Yeah, because you, yeah, you would give them like the, the plus one ballistic skill, plus one yeah. weapon skill. So yeah. Six up, feel no pain. Even just a squad of intercessors would be really good. Well, I had a squad of heavy intercessors that um, one of the Dark Angels' agendas, you have to hunt the Fallen. And I managed to, in the fifth turn, pick off this Fallen with a squad of heavy <laughs> intercessors. They managed to shoot him down as he was running. Um, and you get the option to upgrade them to a member of Blade Guard or just give them the inner circle keyword. So I had bog standard, I mean, Gravis, heavy, um, heavy intercessors, they Gravis armor, so they're T5, three wounds. But they had permanent transhuman. Which is insane. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking at. Strength five, so, so toughness five, so durable anyway. Yeah. And then with that permanent transhuman, it was just sort of silly levels. So they were just sat in a back backboard objective, hitting on twos because dark angels do when they don't move, um, and then rerolling ones because they were veterans, fours to wound, and it just it just starts to get silly. And it wasn't the problem we had. I think here was we had loads of people playing two or three lists, yeah. so their army wasn't leveling up as regularly, um, and also if you aren't able to get down every week. You just you, you would fall behind, behind. yeah. yeah. Um, but it's really fun, and I think that it'll be interesting to try and explore the the league setup through a more narrative yeah. lens. Yeah, knowing that it can it can work, and we can like almost lock people in, yeah, um, to at least semi regular games with the same army. I think on a slightly smaller scale, because we've got eighteen for the league. I think 
you don't need that many for Crusade. No, I mean, no. it would be autumn, but I think half as much or 12, um, or even just 10 people, because you don't need a pair off and stuff like that. I think that would be a good... And we could, we could kind of homebrew it a little bit, so that rather than your army getting 12 upgrades at the end of a game, you maybe choose one for one unit. Yeah. I think there are ways we could try and mitigate the the absurdity. I mean, uh, there was a Death Guard player that <laughs> his army was putting out some like 30 mortal wounds a turn. Yeah. Um, and he, I don't think he once played the objective, but he was tabling people. Yeah, he went undefeated, didn't he? He did. I have big regrets about my... I played him really early on. I took some tactical marines oh, to God. try and um, play the narrative. And um, it came down to like five points or something like that. It was really, really small margins. Uh, and I kick myself. Whether or not I could have beaten the list, I don't know. But I, I just think, why the hell was I running tactics? Power level. Like, I, I could have taken intercessors for the set, and they're just so much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he went unbeaten. I think it's more like 17 games, didn't lose one. Because even though you get that CP, you know, the CP, you can't spend enough CP to, to save yourself. Um, yeah, because people were ending up with just insane CP, amount. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it kind of led to a bit of a. Uh, a situation. I mean, that's why I started playing Chaos at that point because my Dark Angels had gotten silly. I think I lost two out of seventeen games or something, and it, <laughs> yeah. it stops being fun at that point um, for everybody. You know, not just for you know. It's not like oh, I'm sick of winning because you're playing with a loaded deck. You're not playing that. It's not a fair measurement because um, if if your army is just hitting on twos and rerolling ones, nothing misses. No. Um, when everything is really durable and really killy, like Deathwing are, nothing dies. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've not got Obsec because you're not, you know, you're not running a Death Guard Vanguard, a Deathwing Vanguard. Sorry, you, you know, nothing will survive around the melee with you. Yeah, so yeah, you're just killing everything, um, and that's not fun for anybody. No, uh, and you know, there there are games against really good players. You're kind of winning at turn two or three because, yeah, you can't prep for Crusade upgrades. You can't write a list to. And also with the nature of Crusade, you're kind of fixed in because you buy your units at the start and then you cycle through a kind of... So it's different to the League. It's yeah. not like you can cycle anything through. Um, and, you know, just what can you do against, you know, six attack bikes with multi-melters hitting on twos <laughs> There's or nothing. ones? There's nothing you can do. Um, and they're permanently in the Devastator Doctrine, so their <clears throat> melters are AP5. Yeah. So it was... Yeah. Got silly. Um, but... Talking of the league, then you've how many games have you done now? I played one game so far. I got my second one tomorrow. Uh, okay, so your first one. Talk us through your first game. Uh, first game was playing against Sisters of Battle with my Black Legion. Um, the gent I was playing, uh, and by his own admission, is a lot less experienced. He doesn't play competitively, whereas um, I mean, you and I have been to a tournament together um, outside of Mystic, and we've we've taken part in I think three here, three here, two yeah. doubles and one singles. Yeah. Um, so I've maybe played in about seven, seven or eight tournaments, I think. Um, and while I've had very mixed success, as I say, usually winning one, losing uh, two. I did come third at a Mystic Doubles, but I still am uncertain as to how that happened. Um, but, we, you know, we won't get into that. <laughs> but, you know, he, he didn't have that competitive experience and had kind of, I think, got a, he listened to quite a few podcasts or, you know, watched a few YouTube videos on how to run a competitive sisters list. And in turn one, he stormed the midboard. He shot out this tiny, like, three-wound character that he was like, this is, 
this is like the, the, the murder character, you know, the video I've watched says you kind of sling them into melee, they kill everything. Um, and that character charged a 10-man unit of uh, Chaos Terminators <laughs> with, without any of their buffs at that point because it's, <coughs> it's turn one. Yeah. He killed one of them. Um, That's pretty good going, to be fair. Yeah, and then the champion hit back by himself and crushed him with a chain fist. Or crushed her, I should say, with a chain fist. Uh, and then the following turn, I resurrected the Terminator. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I took Assassinate because he had about five characters, so that was me scoring yep. three victory points straight off the bat. Um, I then progressed into the midboard with Abaddon, a fully buffed unit of Terminators, so they're now toughness five, minus one to wounds. They've got a five up, feel no pain. You know, they get silly, they fight first. Yeah. Um, and Abaddon is, and they've got full rerolls to hit and wound because of Abaddon. So they walked onto the midboard with a squad of possessed. Um, my flanking kind of units, my warp talons, um, and possessed kind of slung, uh, sorry, flew around to the side. And because he had overextended his front line, and this was, I think, where the game really came down. You know, you talked about the, uh, the, the death pile photo I sent to our yeah. kind of Warhammer group at the end of turn one. I'd killed about a thousand points. Because Jesus. he had just come into the midboard and provided us, you know, we talked earlier about those shooting lanes. Yeah. Uh, because sisters aren't really durable and armor of contempt is now gone, which was a, a, you know, a godsend for a lot of armies. I've got this one CP stratagem, which means that I get, uh, I can increase the, the AP of a bolt around to AP one. So your terminators, when you've got six, six 24, about 32 shots just off the one squad with full rerolls to hit and wound. Um, I just picked a sister's squad. They that was his big squad with multi melters. Whole squad killed. Um, <laughs> you know, Abaddon and the Terminators then charged into uh, a squad of um, I can't remember they called the sisters with shields and halberds. Uh, yeah. Like their blade guard. Yeah. Um, Abaddon killed all ten of them by himself. Um, yeah, I've always had good success fighting those things, and the the person controlling them is always like, oh. Yeah, I think, I think when you're thinking, you know, goodbye sister standard of melee is still that's not good in the context no. of 40k melee, and but because he had overextended, it meant that I was scoring points on secondaries. I had no right to be scoring turn one. Like I shouldn't have been scoring long war turn one, which is taking objectives and killing things on objectives. I shouldn't have been scoring assassinate turn one, but because of the fact that you know, he overextended and provided all the shooting lanes, my army, which is, as I said, a mid-board brawling melee army, it saw melee turn one, and I killed a 1,000 points. And then second turn, I killed a further, I want to say, 800, 900 points. Oh, my God. By the end of... So I went second, and, and by the start of my third turn, he had one sister's character left in melee with Abaddon. Um, and he just picked him up. Yeah, you know, picked her up. Sorry, just picked him up, and that was it. It's like I can roll for this, but I only have to get one attack through, and she is dead. <laughs> uh, because of the nature of 40k, you then play out the rest of the game. Yeah. So we just kind of talked through what secondaries I would score, and I think I scored something like 97, 97 points. It was a very like high scoring game, um, which is I think my highest scoring game. I've not quite made it to 100. Um, but it was, you know, was, I think it was really good because we, we had a long talk as we played. The game took a lot longer than it should because we talked through options he had and where he should be moving things. And because the compet competitive 40k isn't just going out to table your opponent. Um, it's, you need to plan an army that will score its secondaries well, yeah. that will be able to survive long enough to score objectives, that will be able to kill enough to prevent your opponent scoring them. But equally, you then need to play around your opponent's secondaries. So he took uh, Defend the Shrine and one where you kind of 
score points for performing actions. So turn one, I teleported a unit of rubric marines nine inches away from the squad performing the actions, killed them all, um, scored long war, and denied him something like seven points in the first turn. Yeah. So kind of shutting down your opponent's secondary. So we had a long chat about how he could have shut down some of my secondaries and then, you know, he moved things, moved them back and we, we kind of, a bit more of a coaching game, which I think is beneficial for all people because... Yeah, and I think in a game like that one, it's very obvious that you've won. Yeah. There's a very clear winner. And in the league, you're you're not going to play each other again, so you're not giving away any secrets no. or anything like that. I think, yeah, it's you can only learn from that. And he did. Like the he's had his second game, and he has he, he lost, but he scored a lot more. It was about eighty something to eighty something. Yeah. It was a really really close game. Whether or not that's um, because of my fantastic tutelage, I don't know. <laughs> I I, I suspect, well, take it. I take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm by no means. Am I an extraordinary competitive player? I don't think, um, you know, I, I think I can. I do all right. We were just talking earlier about the chaos win rate is down at about 38%. So it was 50% pre-Arcs of Omen, which is the new mission uh, stuff that's dropped, along with some points increases for chaos. Uh, but their win rate is about 38%, and I managed to put in a 60% at a, a local two-day tournament, so I was quite pleased with that. Um, I don't know how it will go in the rest of the league, I think that I had a very, very strong opening game, um, but I'm quite concerned about my game tomorrow. Uh, I know we kind of talked about the towel players in, in our pod being the big concern, but I'm more concerned about the Orcs, if I'm honest. Yeah, the, those power claws on the knobs can be scary. I think that, that is what he has, right? I think it's. I think he's going to be running Squeak Hog Boys, Commandos, two Kill Rigs, and a couple of characters. I don't know if he'll take Gasgol. No. Um, I think Gasgol's a solid choice in a lot of games, but he's not going to be able to go toe to with Abaddon. They've both got the wound cap, but Abaddon fights first. Yeah. So you'd be you'd, you'd put in you know two sets of wounds to Abaddon, and then Abaddon will get you. Um, but I know Gasgol has a lot of... Um, he, he shows up a lot on the Goff pressure list. He does. Um, but I don't think Ollie runs him. I, I think my concern is that I have such a low model count, and very much like your Blood Angels, when I lose a unit, I've, I, that, that hurts. Yeah. Because uh, Chaos recently went up by um, quite a few points. Uh, so Chaos was a 50% faction. Um, there was a couple of uh, legions, so it's some of the sub-factions, the Empress Children and Creations of Bile, who were doing particularly well. Um, and they, as a result of that, have kind of nerfed the whole faction, which, you know, is tricky because the the ten man Terminator brick, which is quite famous now, everyone knows what it is, what it does, what the buffs are, yeah. uh, has gone up by about 30, 35 points, which isn't a lot. But that thirty five point increase means that you then you know that squad of legionaries you bought suddenly become a squad of cultists, yeah, because you can't afford that. And then the Marcus Lanesh went up, so my uh, and Abaddon went up, so my competitive list went up by about one hundred and twenty points, which is huge. Yeah, that's you know that's a, a squad of upgraded legionaries or a squad of um, raptors or an obliterator. Um, you know, there's a lot you can do with that that kind of points that I'm I feel like I'm I am missing yeah you're you're basically down a worthwhile unit yeah and you've 
not gained anything in return? There were a couple of things. So Legionaries got free war gear um, and free icons. Now, the icons is cool because the, the, if you've got a mark and an icon, you become better. Like, you know, corn is plus one strength if you charge, arch, sorry, if you charge perform a heroic intervention. If you've got an icon, you're just flat plus one AP. Okay. So your chainsaw's got to AP two. Now, armor and contempt is gone. That's AP two chainsaws is big, yeah. Well, and corn berserkers, because they, for some reason, they count as having an icon in chaos, which the rubric marines don't. AP three chainsaws. Uh, it's strength five or strength six on the charge. Wow. Which is, which is big. Um, and they, they, you know, if there's things like if they uh, shot and move up an objective with their blood rage or bloodlust, whatever the ability's called, they complete an action. So there's actually some incentive to kind of run corn berserkers and have them just sit on a mid-board objective, perform something like the Spoiled Dominions, they get shot, you run five inches off the objective, but your action goes off, and that's yeah. maybe four victory points. And So the icons being free is big, but the marks are still 15 to 20 points. Um, some of the tanks got free free guns, you know, were the Hellbrutes, um, I've got access to like a free multi-melter or a flamer. Um, I will shamelessly admit that uh, I was converting my monopose Hellbrute the other day, so he now has a heavy flamer glued to the underside of his forearm. I like it. Um, but, I mean, some of these Chaos competitive lists are running decimators, which, uh, you know, they're about 100 quid on Forge World. Yeah, they're they're not cheap things. They're really good on the table, but because I think when I was running my Death Guard in Crusade, I just used a, a War Dogs. Yeah, um, it's mostly the same base, I think. It would, but I, I think there'll be a push to get that uh, like tournament. League yeah, or, and yeah. that's the, I think that's the concern that if you go to a local tournament, you could get a really cool tournament organizer that's just like, I appreciate this is a hundred pounds model. You've built something that looks the same, is roughly the same size and kind of outline. Absolutely go and yeah. run it. Or they just go, no. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know. Because I think some people are quite keen to come down on meta chases. That people don't like this. You know, every tournament I've been to with Chaos, I get asked, um, are you running Empress Children? Or are you running Creations of Bile? And my army is painted Black Legion. And yeah, it's the expectation that if you're at a, a tournament, you are trying to chase the meta. And I'm very clear, like, no, I'm not. Black Legion was the first 40k army I ever played. Um, the only reason I didn't get them when I returned to the hobby about a year and a half ago, two years, it might be coming to two years uh, soon, was that they were uh, an 8th edition codex, and I, I didn't want to be playing with a, kind of an outdated rule set. And Dark Angels were the last faction I bought before I left the hobby. So I thought I will, I will pick up with Dark Angels. So Black Legion means a lot to me. Uh, you know, Abaddon is my favourite 40k character. In fact, I talk about him too much, and you, um, you know, the group chat stops talking whenever I start talking about Abaddon now. <laughs> this like kind of let him fanboy, um, which you know is, is funny. Um, but there's there's kind of that expectation that you are going to chase a, a meta, yeah. Um, and you've got players rocking up to events with you know, armies painted like. Dark Angels, but they're actually an Ultramarine successor or an Iron Hand successor, and it doesn't doesn't really sit right with me. Yeah, well, I think we talked about that. Um, I talked about that with Ryan in the last yeah. tabletop, and it's just if you've got to paint an army a particular way, you're you're investing so much time. Just try to make that army work, or I don't know. I, I'm with you. Like if you're if you paint your army Black Legion, they're Black Legion. Yeah. Um, if you paint your army ultramarines, they are ultramarines. There's, you've shot yourself in the foot there. If you want a different army, 
you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is and buy and paint. And I think there's a lot to be said for, um, you know, if, if you aren't committed, just make up your own. Make up your own successor chapter. I mean, there's some really yeah. cool stuff. I, I had just made up my own one when I was 13 before I left the hobby. Um, you know, you look back and you're like, was the Sons of Slaughter really a cool name? Or was that like a 13-year-old going, oh, this would be really cool. They're going to wear black armor with a red trim. And then you realize, I think that's Death Company, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but, you, you know, when, you, when you're young, you think that's like the most original idea anyone has ever had. And they had a really cool rule. I think it was fourth edition where in Space Marines you could take a named character and use them in a um, successor just and give them a new name. Oh, okay. So I was really thinking Vulcan Heston, not Vulcan Heston, uh, the Salamanders... Um, he's got the spear. Is it Vulcan? No, Vulcan's no, the Primark, isn't it? Uh, I know the one you were talking yeah. about. Um. So I was running him because Relic Blades just became a thing, and that was really cool. Uh, so that was that was really great to come up with your own successor chapter, um, and that felt really fun and thematic. And I think if I was more concerned about chasing a meta, I would just be painting them in in black and just saying. You know, this is whoever or green, you know, uh, neon green. If you're really into that, I think there are there are ways around that. You might miff your opponents off at local games. I mean, I don't, don't know how it would go down here if you uh, just rocked up with, yeah, these are my pink space marines who are a different faction every week, depending on who I'm playing. <laughs> oh, you've got a lot of tanks that they're iron hands this week. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would probably rub people the wrong way because I think here we, to, to the store's credit, it's a really wonderful Warhammer community we kind of prioritise fair play and everyone's really apologetic when the game goes really badly. You know, no one's out to, even in the context of the league, no one's out to humiliate anybody. No, no one wants to be that guy. Um, Which I, I think is, is really good. I and mean, it seems to be quite rare, especially in like a competitive scene, right? Yeah. You, um, you get it at torn, like bigger tournaments and you hear these stories of just these... Dickish uh, <laughs> top players, and it's just like, oh, well, who's having fun there? Are they actually having that much fun? Yeah, and you know, we've all had bad experiences. One of the ones I went to against a demon's character, he um, got the AP of his weapons wrong. I remember that, yeah. And it was a new codex, it had only been out for about two weeks or something, so there's kind of a bit of leeway you would allow, but it was some quite big game changing stuff I mean yeah. saying a sword is AP5 is very different to AP4 yes. especially with Armour of Contempt so I'd lost something like five Terminators to Bellacor and somebody then came to the table and was going that's not right the sword's AP4 and he said oh do you want to re-roll like the most recent saves and I did say but what about the other five or six that you've just killed you know across the last two turns um, and I think it was Demonettes as well. They fought Abaddon, and he got the, the, the AP wrong on that. Mm. Uh, and Abaddon, Abaddon died to them. Um, and I, I did only fail one save, um, or one too many. Sure. And that meant that Abaddon died. Kairos Fateweaver, who is a horrible character, by the way, gets plus one to psychic tests for every turn. So in the fifth turn, he's a plus five. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and Abaddon charged him and took him down to a single wound in one round of melee. And with the demon save, that was quite a, you know, quite a good showing. Um, and then Abaddon dies and the game swings massively because that's your my biggest hitter goes down. Um, I could have healed him and then kind of started to clear a bit of board. But 
getting the AP wrong on a couple of units then becomes a little less forgivable. And there's part of you that, quite wrongly, because I think that's heat of the moment, you think, were they doing that on purpose? Yeah. And I don't, I don't suspect he was. No. Um, he's an experienced player. He performed quite well at um, London GT. Um, he was a good player. I, again, I don't know if I could have won that game, but it's those losses where you kind of... It just leaves it like a bad better. taste, doesn't it? And it sours the whole day. Yeah. You, you come away focusing on the one bad game and not the two really fun ones you had. Yeah. And it's not for maybe like a few days when you've calmed down um, that you kind of go, yeah, that was actually really fun and I've already signed up to go to the next one. Yeah. And he probably didn't mean it, but it's just when you get things wrong in a, a competitive format. That that tournament was funny. It was when we realised that we kind of stumbled into the London GT <laughs> like, practice ground. <laughs> Because London GT has how many players? It's, it's hundreds, isn't it? It's hundreds of players um, across two days. Yeah. It's the biggest. Or three days, I think. It might even be yeah, three. It's the biggest it's European tournament. It's massive. Um, and what, half the people there were going to the well, G- Yeah, and the guy that won, who I had a really good chat with at the most recent tournament I went to, and he got me onto this Dark Angels competitive Facebook group because he plays nice. Dark Angels. Um, we, we had a, a good conversation about the state of the game. He came 11th in the London GT. That's... Um, and the guy that won the Coventry GT won the Oxford Onslaught. And oh, he okay. was in Goonhammer, he was in Auspex Tactics, yeah. which are huge, huge um, recent, like, news... Warhammer kind of news yeah, prizes. Yeah, yeah, it's, like the, it's like the Times of uh, the Warhammer yeah. world. But it was... You know, there's some really big names, but those guys um, were really cool, like really friendly... Uh, people that were playing them were having a really good time even though it was kind of over by turn three and there was a lot of coaching and those really important conversations that I think are are, are really important for Warhammer and I I think we as a community are quite good at that as well that we kind of will talk people through Um, we're not after kind of gotcha moments nobody wants to to sneakily beat somebody or go oh yeah but now I'm going to do this and you're like oh Uh, and you know you you see all these these lists of these are the questions you should ask going into any game and there's like 10 questions you should ask these are questions you should ask before you shoot a unit or charge a unit and I just think you know what a horrible place for the game to be in you, that you people, just have to question everything yeah and there's, there's some of that's the, the rules blood it's massively overcomplicated <laughs> I, I find transparency is is really beneficial you know i've got access to an advance and charge stratagem and the yeah. advance and charge prayer which makes abaddon and the terminators pretty lethal because they're, they're they're slow moving things but if they can maybe go up from five inches to nine inches or even like you roll well 11 inches that's game changing yeah. um because that kind of maneuverability on units that lethal will clear objectives it will really really kind of reshape the board but being up front with your opponent about that changes the way they play because they're, they're sat there going, right, so if you roll well in the advance, this is where they can get to, and this is a good charge. And you can actually see opponents kind of mapping their models out to try and miss out the charge range. So you end up with almost you know a 20-inch t- circle around the midboard where people are kind of not wanting to go because that's, that's threat range. Yeah. Um, and without that transparency, and when you know you're saying, "Well, Abaddon can only lose three wounds a phase, and I can heal him with this Psyker," people are actually going, oh, "Actually, I'm just not going to bother with Abaddon." Oh yeah, whenever I've played it, I've just kind of that 
I think we played the first game. Didn't first we? game where Morty went into him, or Mortarian went into him, and it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, he definitely. And even without the rerolls, yeah, um, yeah, because I turned off your rerolls, and I still just got just. But still, he's a demon yeah. primarch. He's a demon primarch. He cost. He's a quarter of my army. He shouldn't die like that. No. Um, but whatever, like, but since then, I just, you just ignore him. It's safer yeah. to, I mean, it, you either have to commit to killing him um, and put a full turn of things into him, or if you've got those sneaky characters that work around the wound cap, yeah. you go for it. But if not, um, and this is, you know, the conversation having with people, like, you can charge him, you won't kill him. No. And he will kill you. Um, so you, all you're doing is kind of throwing models into the meat, the meat grinder. And yeah, if, if you've got it in you to, you know, if you've got a strategy where you can maybe charge him and then kill him in my turn, go for it. Because, you know, once he's down, my army starts to fall apart. And you were saying this um, on the last episode, uh, at least the, the last Warhammer episode of your podcast, that um, my army runs very much on uh, kind of four characters. Yeah. Or three pivotal characters. One is just there for psychic actions. When the characters start to die, the list starts to fall apart. Um, and that's... You know, I, I think it's the way my list functions is. I think it's a well-written list, but to the point at which, and this is the problem where chaos are at. Yeah. I have to spend five of my command points before the game starts, out of my six, um, just to make the list competitive. Yeah, I've then got to sit and go right. All of my psychic powers go on one unit, and all of my buffs go on the same unit. And that's, I mean, that's why the Chaos Points increases felt really unfair to me. There, were, there was absolutely a problem with the Chaos Terminators. You know, I've played games where I've, I've been tabled, except the Terminators and Abaddon. And I've still got 10 left on the board <laughs> yeah. and Abaddon. And I've lost the game, but I've still got 700 points and my opponent's got 200 points. And there was a problem with them, I think, stopping them taking the Black Rune of Damnation which is their minus one to wound, and I've just learned yesterday, uh, <laughs> sort of makes people suffer perils of the warp more often. Um, if they'd maybe taken that away, yeah, um, they, they would have been in a different place. I think the Age of Sigmar's got a really good balance where you can only really stack like one stratagem or one buff on a unit, yeah. and two rules can't affect the same dice roll. So a six to explode that does mortals, you have to pick... I think if I'm reading correctly, which one you're going to use. That sounds right, for yeah. And that, I think, means that you don't end up in really silly situations where you can stack so much buffs on something it becomes obscene. Yeah, and yeah, I, I do like Sigma for that. It just, just it does streamline things because you're only buffing one thing or yeah. you're only doing a small number of things a turn and you just whatever it says on the sheet is what you're doing I'm sure at a more competitive level it gets a lot oh, more we might get messier. this totally yeah, wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologise to any Sigma listeners that <laughs> are out there but I think that that's that's why the chaos kind of nerfed sat really diff- you know it was quite frustrating for me because you know as I said I lost the unit and the, the list doesn't it doesn't function without certain things um and with the league, one of the great things about the league is the ability to tailor lists. You yeah. can you can write a list that will seriously uh, kind of play with your opponent's army in quite a nasty way, um, or you can sort of shift week to week depending on what s- sort of 
strategy you think is going to be um, dependent. And I think uh, Ollie, the Orc player, that's not his full name. Um, <laughs> I think he is really, really good at writing lists. You know, he's really good at kind of reflecting on what everything is doing in his list. And his tower list was a really great example of that. And he's just played a, a game against Chaos Knights where he's you know, paddled them. Um, no offense to the Chaos Knights player if you're listening to this, but it was a, it was a, a you know it was a really good game for the Orcs, and because he he came in with a game plan and executed that plan really well. My worry is that because the Chaos list kind of functions on like you need to spend you know 15, 16, even 1800 points at sometimes to have that functionality. Yeah, you've got so little room to play around with. The, and everything is so expensive in Chaos. It's, you know, it feels more expensive than Space Marines, rightly or wrongly. Um, they, they feel like a very expensive army. I just haven't got that. And particularly with the points increase, you know, previously I would have had 120 extra points to play around with, and then that, that list tailoring um, becomes more of a thing. But I'm, I, I think with the League, I'm, I'm interested to see how I will work around certain lists because with uh, the Tau the Tau lists I will just choose violence you know yeah if they're in melee something has gone horribly wrong for them um, and I can pick fast moving units which I do have to get in to get into melee and start to, to kind of clear shop if successful the orcs however are fast and really lethal in melee and there is tons of them yeah and in the kill rigs there's tons of them like you think, oh, I've killed, I've killed the rig, or I've killed the truck. All right, well, outcome twenty or, guys. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> ah, yeah. All right, here we go. Um, what's your, what's your goal for the league? Uh, I would like to win three out of five. Yeah, I think that'd be a good place. Um, that's you know seems to be beating the the average win rate of um, players. I mean, yeah. in an ideal world, I would love to win the whole thing. You know, not lose a single <laughs> game. But I, I don't know how realistic that is. You know, as I say, I, I struggle on six objective boards. I've not really successfully found the workout for that. Um, Chaos struggle with the range. They're not a shooty army, so the knights will be quite tricky because I'll need to get into melee with them. Um, and again, like Abaddon and the Terminators hit a knight, the knight will go down. But you've yeah. got to get there. Um, and I've got to have enough stuff left on the board that I have the ability for those big heavy units to go and do their thing. So I think three out of five games would be really great. I would like to, I would like to win it, but I think everyone is also uh, there to win it. I had a really successful first game. Um, I was hoping to put off playing the Orcs until the end, so, that, <laughs> <laughs> so my confidence wasn't wasn't knocked. Um, but I think I'll have a really, good, I think having fun. That sounds really cheesy, but it's important. I, you know, saying I'd like to win every game, I would not like to win every game at the expense of nobody here ever wanting to play you again. Of course. Um, and that, you know, that's not what you want. You don't want people to feel cheated by it. You don't want those gotcha moments. Um, so yeah, three, three out of five would be good. Um, and yeah, I think it's difficult to tell where people are at. And I think that's the exciting thing about 40K. You know, I've played the sisters, uh, list and won by 60 points and then he's gone on and played a really close game with a towel list that doesn't mean I'm going to beat the towel by 60 points no because some matchups are more favorable yeah of course um, but it'll be interesting but it was weird from the uh, the first week because we're now in like week two of the league 
it was very decisive games across the board week one and now week two there were still a couple of decisive games but I think overall the the matches were a lot closer yeah you um because I won by four points so I've won one lost one so my goal was to we win. We only talk about the first one. <laughs> well, no. well, yeah, he's a really good player. He's the a really good player. player. Uh, yeah, I just got shot off the board. Shot off the board. Yeah, it's the uh, sixes are AP like twenty five or something. It may as well be. Um, <laughs> and the miracle, it's the so th- that six hits. That's six to wound. That's now twelve mortal wounds. Kind of nonsense. The Aldar put out. No one's rolled the dice. He's just picking out the like strands of fate and. You're just taking models off the board and getting yeah. really confused about what's also going on. Also, when it comes to the saves, it's like, uh, I'm going to roll until I fail, uh, and I need to, a save, and then I'll just use that one. Yeah. Like, All right, well, I fine. Hate, I hate dice. Like, I hate um, Miracle Dice, Strands of Fate, Luck Dice. Yeah. Uh, I think anything that removes the that seemingly random element of the game, yeah. you know, you you shouldn't be in a place where somebody rolls badly and can just ignore that. Yeah. Like a re-roll is a re-roll. You know, like... You've know, still got to roll the dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we all, you know, you always joke like a re-roll of a one is always a one. Yeah. Whereas just being able to pick up a dice and go, oh, that one, that's a six now. Yeah. That just, it's just one of those unfortunate ones. And I might be saying that because I've never played an army that has access to them. <laughs> I'm sure if I was an Eldar player, I'd be You'd going... love it. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it counterbalances this and it might be a balance thing that you put a mechanic like that in the game to, to help, but I'm, I'm sure you'd agree Eldar don't need... Um, they don't need that. <laughs> they don't they need really it. don't need that. Um, but yeah, playing against the Gene Steelers was really good. Yeah, they, they've they come out swinging. I was... Uh, Meta Monday, which is kind of the, the Bible, I suppose, of competitive Warhammer, they're one of the best factions in Arcs of Omen at the moment. Weird. to They look like they should be squishy, but they're really not. And they're getting melee and... <laughs> They better in melee than they have a right to be. Yeah, and um, Smithy's has it's a custom cult, so it's got like a a mini transhuman, so you can't yeah. ever wound it on a two. And my blood angels, where I'm getting plus one to wound, it's wasted. It's wasted. Like it's almost so much of my army should have been wounded on twos, and then just wounded on threes. It's like ah, oh. like that squad should have been should have been killed, or I should have killed an extra unit. But it was a really, really good game. Really good. Very close. Uh, yeah. Victory point. Four points. I played them in a tournament prep game, which was kind of a league prep game for yeah. for both of us as well. And again, that was, I think I won by like 10 points. But we were kind of joking on, and Smith, you know, was, I'm ready to get tabled. And he's, he's a, I mean, nobody knows the, um, I think the, you know, we talked about um, Steve, the Thousand Sons um, Necron player. You know, he knows the competitive scene incredibly well. Mm. Uh, you know, Smithy knows the rules better than... Yeah, just the core rules. So well. Yeah. Um, I remember playing in a, a doubles game with him. He's on my team, and he brought some some Wolfen from reserves into melee. Um, because if they come on within an inch, they can they technically count as being an engagement range. Um, and I just never even heard of it. <laughs> And that, you know, we were stood there for about five minutes with rule books, just going, "What? This yeah. doesn't seem like a." But it was just knowing such an obscure little rule, um, kind of being a big. It was a game-changing move. You know, it was really, really important. But he, he has such a solid grasp of 
his codex, the rules in general, um, and you always have a really good, fun, kind of fair game with him. Yeah. Uh, and that's always kind of what you want from it. But I was, and I think as a result, he's quite self-depreciating because he's a very, very good player. So when he was joking on about being getting tabled by um, turn two, kind of turn three, and I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> turn five rocked up and I was thinking, oh boy. <laughs> oh. Um, and I, I, my list struggles with uh, armies that don't have an obvious kind of like Abaddon target. Mm-hmm. You know, when, it's like, what do you kill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I was, when I was playing... Um, God, who, which which game was it in the tournament? Um, the second game, yeah, Drakari. Yeah, what, there wasn't an obvious. You have to kill everything, and but you can't. And whatever you leave is going to punish you. And it's but it's also the uh, Abaddon charges that unit of five Cabalite warriors. Yeah. He's killed 50 points. <laughs> <laughs> and Army's ability is to just feed Abaddon like little little scraps. You know, I've played games where all he's killed is a Scarab occult unit. Um, and I did come away from the tournament being, oh, he's done rubbish. Abaddon's done, he's done nothing. And people are like, what did he kill? And I was like, a Void Dragon, Mortarian. Um, and then kind of rattling through units and thinking, actually, he's punched well above his weight in a lot. He's earned his points every game. But... You know, I remember when he first came out, I played a game against uh, a Wraith, um, uh, you know, the Wraith lists in Eldar. Yeah. It's 1,500 points. Abaddon killed, oh, I kid you not, 1,000 points by himself. <laughs> he, was, he killed three Wraith Lords, but he put enough wounds into one of them to have killed it three times over. Jesus. He got the second one, then got the third one. And, you know, he, just, just a bloodbath. And people have very quickly learned, thanks to tabletop tactics, Abaddon versus the 40k universe, yeah. that you know there's so little in the game that he can't kill. Yeah. That people do just stay away from him now. You know, no one is, no one's wanting to earn points by killing Abaddon, and it's almost people don't want to take assassinate when you've got Abaddon because because you're not going to max out. That's yeah. That's definitely one character you're not killing. Whereas my list, unless you've got, you know, Votan have got the, the, the champion who can theoretically do it if he, uh, if he rolls well. Um, the Nightbringer's another one. But I found people are reluctant to take it because though my other three characters are relatively squishy, um, one of them... Can't get to them, though. No. No, because there's ten Terminators that with Yeah. Um, but, you know, a four-character list is usually a good one for Assassinate. Yeah. But it's less tempting, I think, with Abaddon. And I think, you know, you, even with people like Mortarian, you are thinking, oh, am I going to get him? Um, especially with my lack of shooting. Because once he's in melee, like, it is a different story with a character like Mortarian. He will clean house. Uh, or should do against most armies. But, you know, with, with others, um, it's just, it's not, it's not worth taking. But I'm... I'm really excited about the league. I think I love a bit of competitive 40k, uh, and I know it wasn't everyone's taste at the shop initially. It was, I think, Rob and I started playing a bit. There were, yeah, there was a bit. I remember before I started working here, and it was like what maybe a year and a half ago, yeah, something like that, where competitive was brought up, and so many people, myself included, were like, "Nah, no, don't want that." Don't, narrative all the way. And now it's like, oh, this is actually good fun. Like, yeah. There's something very satisfying about making a list like with a very concise purpose. Yeah. And when you execute that as well, it's like the satisfaction that you it get is. from it is so good. 
But then there's equally <clears throat> that point when uh, the custodes I played at the tournament um, killed my uh, psychic actions character turn one. <laughs> and there's also that moment when you go, oh, God, <laughs> that's an entire secondary. I am not scoring. Yeah. Um, that is half the game plan has gone down the drain. Um, yeah, it goes both ways. It does. And the, the more you play, um, the more people work out the, the kind of kinks and twists in your army. And I think, you know, you, you play Blood Angels and with my Black Legion, it's the same thing. People know what everything does. Yeah. Uh, and they know what you're going to do in a competitive game. And that is, I think, really difficult because that mitigating secondaries or finding workarounds is, is more concerning like, you know, I, I know if I was playing your army, I'm taking you know, three obliterators because even though they're not very competitive, each one has nine plus D6 shots. Yeah, which I'm just going to fall one. apart. Yeah. Which with Armour of Contempt gone now, that is huge. And they will selectively shred what they shoot and then you charge them. Okay, I'm hitting on sixes with an Overwatch, but you've got an average... What, 12 shots per model, 36 yeah. shots. You're going to hit with a few of them. Yeah. Um, and that that's big. Whereas, you know, it, it's that, again, when you're writing that particular fine-tuned list, you haven't got that room to mess around with list tailoring. Um, I, I think that's that's my big concern going into this Orc game, that I just don't... I've only played Orcs once, and that was with 8th... Actually, twice, once in doubles game, once with 8th uh, Edition Chaos, which were a whole different kettle of fish, because you... <laughs> Everything was really glass hammer. Um, things could hit really hard. I mean, I got my Terminators with lightning claws to exploding fours, which was obscene. But they didn't survive very long. Yeah. And the, um, you know, shooting with the Reaper chain cannons twice. So you had uh, 64 shots. And you could give them, you know, rerolls ones to hit and reroll ones to wound. It's four CP, but... I played an orc, the orc army I played with them. I killed four units in one shooting phase because I split fire both times. Beautiful. I, it was always glorious. <laughs> it was a thing to behold. But I don't really know what orcs do. I remember in the first turn I killed half of his army. Then he charged turn two and killed half of my army. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it will be a really good, fun game. It could be. It could either be a really low-scoring mid-board brawl. Um, or I'm quite worried I'm going to get tabled by about turn three. Well, when it comes to the next tabletop, we'll I'll like, I'll, I'll, review. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll leave a review. Uh, but quickly, who do you think is going to win each pod? What's your prediction? Um, I think Sergio, the uh, Aldar player, is certainly set to win the... Um, I think he's in your pod, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, I think he, he beat the Thousand Suns player, who was the other big you know the big contender I, i'm wondering if he's regretting pivoting to thousand suns i know it's an army he's wanted to do for a while um but maybe his necrons would have been a bit more of a sound choice yeah. should have stayed the course perhaps but uh, they're both really good players i think uh eldar will win your pod i don't know too much about the second one i think my money would probably be on custodes i think that they've done quite well out of arcs of omen his entire army fights first i think there's quite a solid place there um leagues of Votan aren't performing you know, they, they got nerfed so hard upon release, I don't know if they have it in them to, to win. They're not putting out the results that they should be. They're at kind of 54% win rate. I think they're even down to 30 or 40 at the moment. Mm. Um, but uh, our pod, um, I think it's an interesting one. I haven't played 
um, two of the guys in it. So they're kind of unknown. The two Tau players are kind of unknown entities to me. Um, but I think... Um, I think if I can beat the Orcs tomorrow, I think I'm in with a decent shot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a guarantee, but if not, I, I think the Orcs will take it. Yeah. I think that... I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I think that... Not that I think tomorrow's a league decider, because obviously the Tau might be a really difficult matchup for him and a really easy one for me with my... Because my army is more durable. Um, but I, I think that uh, he's in a really good, really good spot. Um, he won his first game quite soundly. He has a really good understanding of the Codex um, and what the people's armies do. And he plays Tau as well. So yeah, the Tau knows. lists are a good one for him. So yeah, I would think Eldar, uh, Custodes, and then Orcs. But I, I couldn't speak for the other two Tau players. I, they, they could be phenomenal. Sure. Um, but I think ours will probably be the closest league, uh, yeah. league Phobos. I think, I think so. Um, yeah, I think the interesting one. I'd like to win it. <laughs> of course, we'll yeah. see in a couple of weeks. Of course, I could just win the one game and that'd be it. <laughs> that would be impressive. Blaze of glory. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. That's no worries. And, um, a great time. Good luck in the rest of the league. You too. I really hope you win your two games. <laughs> I, I think you'll win more than two, but best of luck. Uh, yeah. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> right, cool. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jonah. And we'll see you next time.